Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Race for the Prize. Let's do some trucks picks for Atlanta. You're looking at the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. If you want to get your hands on that, please go over to raceforthepries.com. There's information there. 12 bucks for a given weekend. Venmo, PayPal, Cash App. Just send it over and I'll send you access. 30 bucks for the entire month. I know the month is almost over. We can work something out. Hit me up with a DM or a message or maybe we'll figure out something in the month of March. We've got qualifying. No practice this week, but that's fine. It's a super speedway in Atlanta. Is it a pure super speedway? No, but it's super speedway enough. So before we jump into the picks, if you haven't been watching my videos all week, we will quickly look at previous optimal lineups. Always a good thing to do before we start building to get a roster construction idea. And you look at last year's optimal lineup, you had a driver starting 24th, 30th, 20th, 32nd, 33rd. And then Christian Eckes, 4-1. to one. A 5-1 build, if you will. Meaning we have five drivers that we stacked in the back. And we still needed the race winner. Although I don't think you absolutely had to have the race winner. Because Eckes only scored 58 fantasy points. That's the optimal lineup. You don't necessarily need to play the optimal lineup to win the Truck Series race today. You could have easily pivoted down to what Ryan Vargas. You lose 8 fantasy points. But there's a very good chance that you still win. And hey, where did Vargas start? 35th to 14th. So last year at Atlanta, you could have went pure stack in the back. I don't know if you can necessarily go deep stack in the back today. We'll go over the starting grid with our picks soon. But there's definitely a handful of solid place differentials, just like you had here last year with Nemechek being a place differential, Sanchez being a place differential. Curry is not a nobody. Brett Holmes is not a nobody. Haley Deegan is not a nobody. They are mid-pack drivers. I wouldn't say they are trustable, but, or, tr yeah, but in a super speedway or pseudo super speedway credit the road with Doc race, they're fine. There's no problem with playing them whatsoever. And then obviously you got X up front. Let's look at the 2022 Atlanta build before we jump into our picks. We got drivers starting 19, 25, 15, 34, 18, and then second. So again, it's not full 5-1, but we are clearly chasing place differential as we do at super speedways. And again, Friesen, yes, he gets into the optimal lineup, but he only scored the sixth most fantasy points. You could easily have pivoted down to Ryan Priest. It's a little trickier because as we round up the top 10, it is a lot of drivers starting inside the top 10, but then you go down Jordan Anderson with the 11th most fantasy points. Sure, you miss out on seven. Stuart Friesen with a 47.15. Jordan Anderson, 40.45. So seven fantasy points. Anderson was starting 33rd. Jack Wood starting 22nd, Hacker 29, Matt Jaskell 31, Ross Chastain 36. Probably couldn't have afforded Ross Chastain, but there were pivots there that if you went pure stack in the back, you were fine. Small sample size, yes, but I'm not really going to try to reinvent the wheel today. I'm not going to jam in drivers starting in the top 10. I'm going to trust that the trend of double digit, if not 20 point place differential, is going to continue. And just the makeup of the series in general. The stages are short. The restarts are hairy. The drivers are very aggressive. The last two races, Phoenix, to close out, leading into Daytona, the drivers have been incredibly aggressive. I do not see 
that changing anytime soon. Let's get to the picks. And if that's the case, then we probably should start from the back to the front. Before we do that, I will show you what the first run of the optimizer has spit out. The optimizer is going with a place differential play in Heim. It's taking the one winner in Ekus and the one winner in Infinger, which is incorrect. And I do not believe that you can play this. This is just what the optimizer is spitting out because it is optimizing for ceilings of every driver. Ekus and Infinger cannot both win. I'm putting their ceiling in where they both win, and so the optimizer is looking at it as if they have both won. It's not going to happen. It's going to have to be one or the other. You cannot, and I know sometimes when I get out here and I say this on the shows over the years, you can't play both of them in the same lineup. You can't play, or was it 2019, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, and Tyler Reddick in the same lineup. It doesn't mathematically work. And then the next week, they share the laps led and finish one, two, three, and it worked. You can't play Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. in the same lineup at Sonoma. There's not enough laps. And then they divide the laps led and finish one and two <laughs> again. Uh, but where I stand, I have no problem taking the stance and then owning it. But I do not expect, especially given some of the place difference on the board, that you can play Ekus and Infinger. The optimizer is saying to do it. But the optimizer is also reading data where I'm giving ceiling projections and giving them both first place positions. There isn't a rule set in the optimizer to say, well, if this, then don't do that. I guess I could set that up, but I'm not going to. Either way, my belief is I don't mind a 5-1 build, but you're going to need to take a stance between Ekus and Endfinger. I believe Bush is pretty much off the board. It's always hard for Bush to score. It's tough for him to score at a super speedway. And there are place differential plays throughout the field that ultimately are going to be better point per dollar plays and produce a better lineup. For now, Bush is at a depreciated price tag at twelve thousand compared to a typical fifteen thousand. So there is a bit of a deal there, but. Again, there aren't very many laps, and this style of racing does not really allow Bush to run away with races. And even when Bush has been in optimal lineups and winning lineups in the past in the truck series in much better equipment, he was at racetracks in racing situations where we had long green flag runs or he could run away from the field and really pile up lead laps and fast laps. The fast laps are not a part of the deal today. Even if he does get the lead laps, I don't think he can get there. I just don't. And even when he does squeeze into those lineups, he's only producing like a 5.3x. And he's only there half the time because no one else is there. I talked about this yesterday on the show. Many of the times in the past where Kyle Busch was successful, yes, it was an inflated price tag. He gets in because generally in the truck series, the good cars that score a bunch of finishing position points they start near the front, so they don't score place differential points. So your Ben Road, your Grant and Fingers, the guys over the years that competed at Thor against him, his KBM teammates, they didn't really produce a lot of fantasy points because they just didn't have the opportunity. And so at the end of the day, the winning line was Kyle Busch and some just okay drivers. Uh, but today, there's an opportunity for 
drivers not only to stuff the bucket for finishing position points, but they can stuff the bucket for place differential points. We don't typically get that in a regular Kyle Busch race. So his competition, at least in terms of DFS, is much more fierce. People can be much more efficient and make him an irrelevant play. We'll start at the back. Spencer Boyd. Do we worry about his new equipment? We do, to a degree. But some of those fears are alleviated by the fact that he did finish fifth at Daytona. We also know that he's been a very good super speedway driver over the years. One at Talladega once upon a time for Young Motorsports. He knows what he's doing. Does he have enough truck for Atlanta? Does Atlanta require a little bit more speed? It's possible. But if Atlanta is a little bit more recce and caution-filled, or just what we sort of project, then yes, Spencer Boyd is on your board for value punts. Stacking the backs. Is he numero uno? No, he is not. But he is definitely someone we're going to circle around. If he got it done at Daytona last week, he can get it done against a smaller field. Of course, being a slightly smaller field hurts the points, but it also may help him in the fact that there are fewer obstacles for him to dodge. We'll go ahead and put him yellow. Keith McGee for Kevin Sawinski. Sawinski runs, what, AM Racing? Sawinski's been around in ARCA forever. They've been in the truck series forever. Not much of a truck presence as much anymore. They're moving more into the Xfinity series over the last couple of years with Brett Moffat. Now, I believe, with Haley Deegan. It's always hard for me to make sure I'm getting the team dry. I'm pretty sure that's it. So, decent equipment for Keith McGee. But it also might also be in uh, connection with Rayum as well. They may be keeping their truck program hanging on simply with a connection to Rayum, which then means it's really not the greatest. I would not completely cross off McGee, but I would rather play Spencer Boyd over Keith McGee. Finished 31st last week. Next on our list is Taylor Gray. I expect Taylor Gray to be one of the most popular players on the board. The Gray Bros are always finishing around 10th to 15th for Tricon. Taylor tends to be the better of the two. Not sure if that's going to matter so much at a super speedway. He's got one of the most winningest crew chiefs of all time in Jeff Hensley in the truck series. An absolute steal to bring him in. I believe he has been with uh, Infinger over the last couple seasons. Knows what he's doing. Something to look forward to later in the year at the intermediate tracks and short tracks. Decent finishes, 18th at Talladega in 23, 19th last week at Daytona. Um, that might actually get it done, and it won't take anything other than just not wrecking. If Taylor Gray doesn't wreck, he's more than likely going to hit 5X. I got him finishing 15th, which is not much of an accomplishment, not hard to do. That's 5.7. That'll work. 16 place differential points. He can easily get a little bit higher. 15th should be his floor if he does not wreck in the equipment that he is driving. Mason Massey. A lot of experience in Xfinity with BJ. A lot of experience in Xfinity with Mario Goslin. So we've got that checked. Randy Young. Although he has stepped up into the Xfinity series and moved a lot of his resources and his crew chiefs, Andrew Abbott, up into the Xfinity series, Looks like Abbott's still going to be down in the uh, truck series as well, doing some double duty. I hope he's getting paid more. I hope he's got a crew chief union he belongs to. I don't mind this play at all. 
Um, I worry more about equipment. I worry more about inexperience when we're down in this lower rank. The price is fine. But as we know, Randy Young, we talk about underdogs at Daytona. He's number one in terms of placing drivers inside the top 10 of a race. Randy Young has earned five top 10s over the last decade at Daytona. Not the biggest number, but that is the best among the smaller teams. So I would put him on the same level as Spencer Boyd. If you are stacking in the back, or even if you're building a more balanced lineup and you need some cheapies in the back, he's there. Lawless Allen's a question mark because he is a question mark. Um, and when you give someone the name Lawless Allen for whatever reason, people expect something to happen. If his name was Jeff Allen, we would not fault him for being a disappointing driver. If Jeff Allen or Nice Motorsports finished around 20th every week, it really wouldn't be a thing. You know, Matt Mills finishes 30th every week. Like, whatever, it's Matt Mills. But you slap the tag, the brand, Lawless Allen, for whatever reason, psychologically, we expect that driver to be something special. And when he is not something special, we then have a different image in our mind. We often perceive Lawless Allen as worse than he is. He is by no means good. But again, it's a perception issue of naming someone Lawless, giving them some special precious name, a particular name, peculiar name, and it plays with our subconscious. So maybe we just start, maybe just call him Les Allen, because that's really what he is, Les. But then we're going to get into a whole another problem. That'll be the joke name, Les Allen. But when you're making your DFS picks, I'm just going to call him Jeff Allen, being Jeffrey Allen, whatever it is birth Christian name is. No, it's probably Lawless. But Jeff Allen, he's okay. Jeff Allen's running for Rayum, who apparently is making some moves and trying to spend some money. We will see if Jeff Allen and Rayum are on the the ascent. Cool. Uh, I would rather go with Massey. I'd rather go with Boyd. I would put Jeff Allen in the McGee cat, slightly above McGee. Let's look and see what he has done at the Super Speedways before we completely write off Jeff Allen. And you'll see that it's been more of less Allen. 32nd, 33rd Atlanta with decent Nice equipment. I mean, even if the Raymond equipment has improved, I would argue that less was not, I mean, <laughs> less was doing more, no, more or less. He was with Nice. He didn't produce results. What more do I need to see? He did get a 10th at Talladega once upon a time. I'm not really that excited. I'd rather go with Massey with Young's history. I'd rather go with Boyd with his own history, running for Young. Thad Moffitt, G2G, I don't necessarily trust this truck. What did they do last week? Nothing. Uh, Thad Moffitt, Richard Petty's nephew or whatever, never really, or grandnephew, never really does much. You want to play him, you want to play Jeff, that is fine. But again, I'm more into Massey and Boyd, and I don't know that I really need to stack and leave $1,500 on the table. Um, Well, I know I don't need to do that because... 
the odds that all of these, the odds that they all survive is going to be rare. That also means that a lineup that plays three of these drivers, which I don't think I would recommend. I think I would set the cap at two. A situation where three of these drivers end up in the optimal lineup means that not only they survive all the wrecks, their equipment survives all the wrecks. So those are two big ifs. They get into the top 10, which is another big if. I don't expect more than two of these drivers to get in the top 10, and maybe not even any of them can get in the top 10. And then last, you need all the guys up front to wreck out as well. All the guys up front, the big top-tier drivers, the mid-pack drivers. There are a lot of chips that have to fall. A lot of dominoes have to fall for this build of three or more of these guys. And if I'm only picking two, then I can easily tell myself, and I'm not considering Taylor Gray a part of this conversation. I don't need a Keith McGee. I don't need Jeff Allen. I don't need Thad Moffitt. I will put Timmy Hill here because he has the experience. The truck is just good enough to get it done. We've seen him get it done. He scored the most fantasy points at Daytona last week in a very similar situation. You can see his previous Daytona results. If you can drive from 27th to the top 15, we're in a pretty good spot. Let's see what he has done at Talladega. Same thing. He did this at Atlanta last year. Timmy Hill is definitely on board as well. So if you're following along, Hill, Massey, Boyd are two of my favorites so far. Now with Mason Maggio, what I want to look up is a Scott Austin. I know I looked this up the other day, but I want to find out a little bit more about Scott Austin's racing and see what they're bringing. Um, and then I also want to look and see what Maggio did last week. I'm not really interested, but I don't want to also just fade him because I didn't do my homework. They didn't race last week. So before I just skip over Maggio, I want to be consistent and make sure I'm at least looking and seeing Scott. Oh, yeah. I think these guys bought a KBM chassis and like, all right, let's go roll one out there and see what we can do. So like a one-off, we'll probably see them at some super speedway races. Yeah, there it is. They bought a, it's not even, geez, that's worse than I thought. So Kyle Busch Motorsports, super speedway chassis from on point. So it's not like when KBM shut down last year. No, they bought a hand-me-down of a hand-me-down. This thing was with uh, On Point, which I believe On Point was Brendan Poole's team, or where he raced in, what, 2019, 2020, 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> that's not a very good truck. Maggio, not with a lot of experience. Glad to see him showing up, but I could not play him over Massey, Boyd, or Hill. And he's starting close to the front. I want to look closer at Caden Huddingcutt's stats. It is a nice truck. He's not too far in the back. I also would like to look at Phil Gold. Gold, and I actually have some Coochie stats in here. And uh, so before we get off of Caden Huddingcutt, you know, Phil Gold won four races last year, 11 top fives, 13 top tens. He was with Carson Hosever. So, this is a decent crew chief, one of the best last year. A, I don't know if he's going to have the same type of equipment, but it is worth noting. Now let's look up Caden Honeycutt. 
Let's first look and see what Caden has done in his super speedway races. He does have one top six. I believe he's had two races. He finished 33rd at Atlanta last year. And he finished 11th at Talladega in 2022, which got him into an optimal lineup, which is you know, your typical super speedway story. One good one, one bad one, if you're lucky. Sometimes it's two bad ones and just one good one. We'll look up Caden Honeycutt overall really quick. I think he's always just been doing some nice here and there. Ah, oh, why is racing reference not the first thing for Caden Honeycutt? Getting deep into the picks today, aren't we? Just give me the picks. Well, we're pretty close to just giving you the picks, dude. All right. Caden Honeycutt, give me his career stats. Watching some elimination chamber as we go here at 5.17 a.m. Becky Lynch doing a stare down. About to get real. 20 races, average finish of 20th. Let's see if that trend at least got better in his 20th year on this planet. So last year, he ran mainly for, what, Young? Some with Nice. Decent finish there, eighth for Randy Young, but that was a crazy race. Young, not bad. Roper, Dirt, don't really care about that. Fifteen to Dawson, don't really care about that. Stephen Lane, that was the on point right there. So he was racing that on point. So actually, in the same truck, I get, I bet it was this very same truck here with on point where he finished eleventh at Talladega. I wouldn't completely eliminate him, but we are getting a little closer to the front, so I wouldn't be as aggressive, but he's definitely on board. Same thing with Brett Holmes. Definitely in play. We're excited about the equipment. <clears throat> Alliance with Spire. Former Cole Custer crew chief Mike Shiplett also was the crew chief for the CGR 42 Xfinity All-Star Ride. Very successful. I don't believe that Mike Shiplett would sign up with Holmes Racing if they didn't have potential. Getting a little close to the front, but the price is still not that high. Dean Thompson has been a disappointment in his years of racing. Let's go and throw that up on the screen. We went over this the other day, but we've expected more from him. He still is pretty young, but he's had plenty of opportunities with, what, Nice and with Tricon over the years to produce better results than an average finish of 20th. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's put a little less respect on the name. 23.7. So I think last year he was completely with Tricon. He was. And in a full year with Tricon, his average finish was 22. I guess that was up from his first full season. I think this was with Nice. It was, and his average finish was 25th. How has he done at the Super Speedways? Seven total races. He's never ended up with a top 60 FS score. He does have a top 10, a top five finish. One. One top five in six races. That was at Talladega in 2023. The rest are outside of the top 20. Atlanta, 30, 34. Daytona, 24, 36, 36. And then a 34 at Talladega. So clearly has not been a strong super speedway racer. Does not necessarily have the best equipment. It's decent. 
He's starting closer to the front than some of the drivers I like. I don't need it. Tanner Gray, I can go with Tanner Gray. I would much rather play his brother, starting way further in the back. Uh, Tanner has only got two top six scores in 11 total races. I like Jeremy Donnelly. I think he's a good crew chief. We like David Gillen and Tricon. Um, very good first season, switching back to Toyota last year. And they're not great, but they're good. They could be great. We may need to dial down expectations. It's easy, as I talked about in the previous podcast, for me to get hyped about Tricon. This isn't KBM. I keep telling myself that. They could get there, but there's been a lot of change and turnover. Um, they're expanding. It's a new team. So let's be patient. Either way, though, Tanner Gray, just two top six scores in 11 total super speedway races. That doesn't really make me happy. At least two of those top six scores were top five finishes at Daytona in 2023, 2022. He does have an eighth place finish at Atlanta, so that's a decent result. Probably just didn't get him optimal. Dega's been a thorn in the side. Not completely off the board. Um, he's definitely playable because Gray does have the possibility of finishing inside the top ten. Whereas I think some of the finishing position points for Hill, Massey, and Boyd are limited. And they are going to need a, sense, a, 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 a small amount of carnage. Gray may not necessarily completely need that. But I think he will to some point. And my screen has frozen at the moment. Let's see if it comes back on. There we go. Matt Mills, $7,400. Can't believe again that he is more expensive than Bailey Curry, but that's just the way it is right now. We'll see. I think this is the same old Matt Mills that we saw just bringing a sponsor and running old tires with BJ McLeod every week. Um, Matt Mills has moved on from Young, now over to Nice. I guess that's a vertical step, but we have seen the Nice trucks basically the secondary and tertiary be 20 to 30th place drivers i don't really need to go there i would much rather play bailey curry i believe he's the better driver he's the guy that they're going to back he's been putting in his time and there's like we have seen matt mills we've seen a lot more of matt mills every single week we know who he is bailey curry we've never really seen a full season with decent equipment and we still might not see that but I could definitely get on board with Bailey Curry and Tanner Gray, but I'm not really crazy about it. I think I might lean more into Brett Holmes and Caden Honeycutt, and I'm definitely more apt to play these drivers starting in the absolute back. Because I think there's a hard top 10 limit for Bailey Curry. Now you get to Corey Heim. He's going to be one of the most popular players on the slate. He won this race. In the inaugural event, they wrecked out seven super speedway events, two top six scores, big time crew chief, and Scott Zipidelli. When we look at top six percentage, 29% might not seem high, but among this field that ranks sixth, three top fives, finished what third last week at Daytona, super popular. Speaking of Daytona. We have the Daytona winner for RevPro, Max Siegel, Bono Mannion as a crew chief. That was his first top six, but he's only done four super speedway races because Sanchez was a rookie last year. Clearly the car 
or truck has speed. He's got two top fives in those four. He's going to get you place differential. No brainer. Ty Dillon is also going to be in play. We don't love him as much, but Rackley WAR did win their Matt Benedetto Talladega race in 2022. This truck is fast enough. Dylan is experienced enough. Didn't work out for him last week because these guys got really aggressive and were making some crazy moves. You got Shane Wilson, longtime crew chief in the Cup Series with you name it. He's been there. Clint Boyer. I think Shane Wilson may, I mean, click on his name. He's He's been everywhere. We were really bullish on him in 2018 with Kaz Grala and Dylan Lupton, the JGL Young Guns and all that stuff. You can dig into the Shane Wilson files, but he's been around forever. He knows what he's doing. He's with Sieg over the last couple seasons. Um, definitely can get it done. Uh, I would much rather play Sanchez or Kortheim, but if you're pivoting in another direction, that's fine. Um, and I think also with that combo, you're going to want to play Stuart Friesen. As we mentioned, Friesen was in the optimal lineup at Atlanta in 2020. Two in the inaugural race, led a bunch of laps. He knows what he's doing. Um, I like that. I think Stuart Friesen has moved away from ownership and has kind of turned that over to Hallmar. And now it's just Friesen focusing on his racing, his dirt racing. The team kind of hit that uh, pinnacle in 2019. Then COVID happened while they were changing over to Toyota. They struggled. And it seems like they're starting to get their footing back again. And also with Friesen stepping back down into more of a driver's role, things have become a little bit better for the small team. Um, not that really any of that matters this week. Can he survive and does he have enough to get there? Um, you don't like his statistics, though. We look at, and they also brought in James Villanueva. And or Villeneuve, I think it's Villeneuve, but the way these NASCAR things are, sometimes it's like Villeneuve. He was with, uh, you can pull that up. Where was he last year? He actually might have been in the Xfinity series. No, here he is. He's with KBM last year. Uh, I think he did some work with Kyle Bush, maybe at times. And they brought him in. So that's something to look at in the future. Maybe not something that really matters this week. But it is worrisome that Friesen has not been a very good super speedway racer. I mean, look at his non-top 18 percentage. I look at a top 20 percentage in the Cup Series because it's a bigger field. But right here, we're looking at how many times basically did you not make it to the finish? Did you wreck out? And it's nine times for Friesen, 53% of the time. That is an alarming rate that he is not very good at super speedways. And so if I'm choosing between him, Sanchez, and Haim, I'm more likely to go towards Sanchez and Haim. Maybe the field's going to pivot to Friesen because he's cheaper, and they're not going to be looking at the spreadsheet. But this is definitely the direction I will, I will go away from Friesen and towards those other guys. Um, hopefully a bunch of people watch this video, and they know that. And I was thinking, I was looking there on uh, DFS Twitter for NASCAR, and there's guys that write up like these uh, – small little articles and they post them as PDF pictures and it's like too long didn't read you know it clicked it in my brain like oh now I realize why people watch these videos they're scrolling on Twitter and they see these pick articles and it's just uh I don't got time for this it's just much e easier to play a podcast in the background <laughs> and get some picks Colby Howard's on the board for me he's right there in that Ty Dillon range 
I think Cole Howard is a talented driver. You put him in good equipment, he can produce results, and he's going to be in a Tricon truck, and I believe he can produce results. He can get inside the top 10, and he is very cheap. He's definitely a playable driver. Ben Rhodes, definitely a guy who can win this race. Look at these super strong results at the plate tracks. Eight top six scores in 19 races. I don't need to beat a dead horse. He knows what he's doing. Lane Riggs, he's somewhere in between the top tier. But since he is not the top tier, I like him right around Colby Howard's range. I might play Howard. I probably will play more Howard because there is more place differential there. And he's significantly cheaper. Riggs is the better driver. Riggs has better equipment. Riggs will be better down the road. But in this scenario, in this situation, line of construction-wise, I'm going to lean Howard. I'm going to lean Dillon because that's even more place differential. But Riggs is on my board. Once I get the Caruth, I think he'll have a good season. But I don't really need to go here. I've got plenty from 13 to 19. Jake Garcia had a pretty strong season last year for McAnally. I believe he's going to have another strong season and continue to grow at Thor. But that's later on down the road. And today, I don't need to go there. Connor Jones. Kids had a pretty successful late model career. He's going to get some part-time rides with Thor. Look, he made it to the final round of qualifying. Very good. But today on this slate, it's not going to be the day to play him. We get him down the road at a short track. Then, yeah, let's see if we can play some Connor Jones and dig more into his late model success and his snowball derby success. But today's not the day. Chase Purdy, one top six in nine total races. We do have Jason Trenchier, and that is worth noting because Jason Trenchier was a colleague guy. Colleague is known for their super speedway Xfinity cars. How's, how's that going to translate over to Spire? Obviously, they did make it to the final round of qualifying, which is good for Spire and Purdy. But as good as Trenchier can be with a setup, we need Purdy to be good as well. And he hasn't been awful of late. I mean, look, he does have two top tens at Talladega. Not so much at Daytona, but he did finish 10th at 7th at Atlanta. And that's great, but he's starting 9th. So if he finishes 7th, it's not going to work. He really needs to take this one down. He really needs a podium finish at the very least, and I don't project that. Matt Crafton, I don't think he's completely washed when we go super speedway racing. I want nothing to do with Matt Crafton at the other race courses. You would maybe consider Matt Crafton at super speedway, but not this close to the front. I've already kind of talked on Kyle Busch. I don't think it can work. You want to look at Eckes and Enfinger as one-offs, maybe help you differentiate. You can. You don't necessarily need to play them. You could probably find enough with place differential in the teens and in the 20s. Jack Wood's too close to the front for me, and I just don't believe in Jack Wood getting it done. We will compliment Bill McAnally for putting four of their five in the top six, and even this Grant Enfinger car is technically allied with them. If I thought there's a situation where teams are going to work together, then yeah, there would be something there with basically a five of six alliance. But that's just not going to happen. We're not going to see teams really working together. Just give a compliment to McAnally and move on. Other than that, would too hard to score. Majeski could possibly be in this Eckes and Finger conversation. And so I will give him a slight nudge. 
but I'm probably not going to go there. Ancrum's a no from me. Daniel Dye is a no from me. There it is. You get a pretty good idea of where I am going. Now the only question is how you want to build. You want one guy up front, five guys in the back, two guys up front-ish. Again, I would not play two drivers starting inside the top 10, one in the top 10, one closer to the front, and then four, I'm moving back. These are guys I'm more happy about in the back, but I will also touch the bold. And then obviously from 13 to 19 is where you're going to pull the bulk of your picks, the four picks, the five picks. That's how it works. Thanks for joining me. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Check out the Xfinity video, which I'm going to record here in a second. It's 5.32 a.m. Watching some Elimination Chamber. Give me these truck picks. Like, subscribe, share. RaceForThePrize.com. That's where you get access to this fancy NASCAR spreadsheet optimizer, all the different tools that I have. Venmo, PayPal, Cash App. There are links below if you want to get the sheet or if you just want to tip me and say, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Blessed to have you guys around. Love you guys. Have a great Saturday.